as if it were right on cue uh, when this gospel was being read last night, the gospel of the rich man and the poor man Lazarus. A friend of ours, a homeless friend of ours called Bobby, came into the church as the gospel was being read, came down this center aisle and made his way across here and collapsed on one of the kneelers. And uh, I just carried on reading the gospel uh, until its conclusion and then went, went down to him and asked him, Bobby, you okay? And he said, help me, help me, I don't want to die like this. And he, he remained there during the Mass. Uh, and, uh, you know, if anyone in that congregation last night might have been indifferent to the, aware, the, the, the existence of the poor, well, that indifference would have been, you know, obliterated yesterday. The poor are with us. And the Gospel today, uh, the readings really uh, warn us about the evils of complacency and indifference. In the prophecy of Amos, we hear, hear about the Israelites, fellow Israelites, who are indifferent to the collapse of their fellow Israelites of the tribe of Joseph, who had been uh, conquered by the Assyrians. Meanwhile, they just carried on feasting and anointing themselves with fine oil and dressing up in rich clothes. And the Lord warns them that their feasting will will come to an end. And in the Gospel today, we, we have that parable that our Lord tells us about the rich man and Lazarus. And I'm reminded of the hymn that, at least in traditional funerals, is sung to the soul of the deceased as as he or she is carried out of the church. In paradisum, deducant te angeli, chorus angelorum te suscipiant, ucum lazaro quondam paupere, eternum abias requiem. May angels lead you into paradise. May choirs of angels receive you, and like Lazarus, who once was poor, may you have eternal rest. Lazarus is recalled at that time when we pay our last respects to those who have died. And we read that angels took Lazarus to heaven. Angels took him, because such a treasure he was, this poor man despised and neglected during his earthly life, but a treasure for God. The angels had to come, not just one, but several had to come and take him uh, to the bosom of Abraham. Whereas the rich man, we read, is simply buried, and we find that he's in another world. He's in the lower place. He's in hell, which is really, might be shocking to say it, is the default. You know, to get to heaven we need the help of angels. We need help to get to heaven. The default is, well, just bury yourself and what happens? Gravity takes us down. The default for us, brothers and sisters, is descent. And that's what will happen to us unless we listen carefully to the words of our Lord and rely on all the help that he gives us. That rich man found himself in that lower place from which he looks up to the bosom of Abraham where Lazarus has found rest. 
we notice that the rich man has no name. He is a nobody. In spite of all his richness, the riches that he enjoyed on this earth. Having exalted himself in this life, he is brought low in the next. Now it is he who looks to Lazarus, as Lazarus once looked at the opulence of the rich man and his wealthy companions, hoping for just some scraps from from his table. The poor man, on the other hand, has a name. He is known to Jesus, who, being rich, made himself poor. His name is Lazarus, a name which means help. God knows and approves the humble, but the proud he sends away, he rejects them. If the rich man had taken the trouble to notice Lazarus during his earthly life, as he now looks upon him in the bosom of Abraham, he would have seen in the sores of that poor man's body the state of his own soul. The purple and the fine linen in which he was clothed simply concealed the consequences of his feasting and attachment to riches, the putrefaction of his soul caused by that attachment to wealth and riches. And so it's a clear warning to us, should we be indifferent to and neglect the needs of the poor. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. So that's obviously the, the, the literal material interpretation of, that, of, the, of the scriptures today, but I'd like also to bring us to focus on an interpretation applicable to mission and evangelization, a spiritual interpretation, if you like. Because there is that true poverty in the world. I mean, we see them, unless you're indifferent, the richer, the, the poorer there, and you see them. And hopefully you're not complacent or indifferent to their needs. But there is a greater poverty, which is the ignorance of the word. In, in fact, we could say that the rich man in today's gospel was really the poorer of the two. And that just as it's a sin to be indifferent to the needs, the physical needs of our neighbor, it's a sin also to be indifferent to the spiritual poverty of our neighbor. The crumbs which fall from the rich man's table are really like the, are the, are the word of God, which this man refuses to share neglecting to invite him to the rich table of, of the word. And maybe words are falling from the table of the word this morning. The word of God which is being poured out upon us in, a, in abundance. Are we gathering them up? With whom shall we share them when we leave this evening? This morning, rather. You know, some churches have the... As people leave the church, they have a sign which says, now it begins. You know, we say the Mass is ended. Well, no, now it begins. Those words, ite missa est, the Mass is ended, really mean the mission has begun. The word Mass comes from the word mission, which means sent. And we feed sumptuously here on the word of God and indeed on the very body and blood of our Lord what will we do with it will they just be scraps that fall from the table and nothing happen, Nothing is done with them or will we gather them up and share them with the poor the sin of the rich man was a sin of omission failing to attend to the needs of the poor man for which he found himself in a hell of famine and thirst that would not be slaked for all eternity. 
The only ones who soothed the rich man's wounds were the dogs who licked them, which always brings to mind a dog called Sasha. I may have told you about her before. Uh, she's gone to her eternal reward, wherever that might be. Um, Sasha was a dog owned by a priest friend of mine. I went. I was on vacation with three priests, and we were in Vermont. And uh, the parishioners there had a uh, had their land. They had a, a lake in it, so a pond. And so we were swimming in this pond. And when I came out of the water and sat down, Sasha began to lick my legs because I had lesions on my legs. And at first it felt quite strange, but then it was soothing. You see, the dogs lick the wounds. Uh, of the wounded and soothe them and heal them. And St. Gregory the Great comments, sometimes by dogs are understood preachers. For the tongue of dogs, while it licks the wound, heals it. For holy teachers, when they instruct us in confession of sin, touch, as it were, by the tongue the the soul's wound. I'm your dog, I'm your Sasha, to lick your wounds and to heal them. That's what we priests are. But all of us are called somehow to share in that healing work as well. You know, when I visit the sick, and sometimes it's appropriate to administer the sacrament of anointing and and to give Holy Communion, from time to time I'll ask them, well, would you like to confess? And quite often they accept that offer. But, uh, and and there's great peace, They're, they're very relieved. But sometimes they say to my disappointment, no. And I'll ask why. I haven't got anything to confess. Well, it's it's not for me to judge, of course, but is there anyone here who has nothing to confess? Are you that complacent in your life that you have nothing to confess? You're not aware of any woundedness? Did you not need a Savior? Did you not need Jesus Christ? Do you not need the, the, the soothing of the dogs who will soothe those wounds and heal? Hopefully those of you who go to confession do find that it's a healing experience, a consoling experience. But there are those who, who do not go. And well, we just have to remember, remember, remember what the, the default is, is dissent. Unless we avail ourselves of the help that is given to us, we will not ascend. And I wouldn't dare to compare myself to an angel, but maybe in this case can be the angel that lifts the poor man to, to, to heaven. All of us are anointed to preach. We've been confirmed. We're anointed to preach, to lick the wounds of others, to bind up, to heal, to bring to the table of the word and of the body of the Lord. And a final consideration, which I found in a, in a commentary that I was reading in preparing for this homily, is that Christ is the wounded man. And this commentary said from an ancient father of the church, said that when we lick the wounds of Christ in the sacrament of his body and blood, have you you ever considered that? When we receive our Lord in the Holy Eucharist, we receive the wounded Christ. Of course, now his wounds are glorious. And when he is placed on our tongue, we, as it were, lick those wounds to provide even healing by the love we have for our crucified Lord. But then our tongue, having been touched by that body, must now be used in turn to heal, to soothe, to share the richness of the banquet of the word, that others may be reclothed in Christ more splendidly than any fine purple or linen can clothe them in. Let us recommit ourselves to both the corporal and the spiritual works of mercy, for the salvation of our souls depends upon it.